you know, it's not so much about your product, right? I don't care if you make a fidget spinner or if you are a psychologist. We know that people don't buy from you just because of your product, right? They buy because of your... Hello, everybody, and welcome to Empower with M. I am your host, Emily Jane Saroff, but you can call me M. I hope you're ready to expand your mindset, raise your vibrations, break through limiting beliefs, and to seriously start owning your power. But before we dive into today's episode, if you haven't already, make sure you hit that subscribe button so you never miss out on any of my episodes. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I sure am ready. So let's get empowered. Welcome back, everybody, to the podcast. Now, I am so excited about today's episode because, as you all know, Emmy is one of my absolute, you know, second limbs. And she has connected me with the most incredible woman um, who is coming on the show today to chat to us all about how you can, you know, grow your small business further. So I have brought Gloria Chow onto the podcast. She is a small business PR expert. So welcome, Gloria. It's so nice to have you here. Oh, thank you so much, Em. I'm stoked to be here. So before we dive into today's episode and talk about all the juicy stuff, I just want to start out with something fun. We're just going to do a rapid fire question. Um, and so my audience can get to know you a bit better. I get to know your personality. They're just fun stuff. And guys, for all of you listening, Gloria has no idea what it is I'm about to ask her. So <laughs> she's being very, very put on the spot right now. So um, you ready, Gloria? Yeah, ready. Amazing. So I got five questions for you. First one, what is your favorite color? Oh, I love black. And why? Uh, I think there's a lot of mystery and it's beautiful. So I'm kind of a night owl. So, and I love, I love anything universe, galactic, species. Mm-hmm. So I, I like black. Love that. If you could have one superpower, what would it be? Teleportation for sure. Oh my God. So many people say that one. Love it. Love it. Love it. <laughs> okay. This one's one of my favorite questions. Marvel, DC or Disney? Disney all the way. (laughs) (laughs) How did I pick that for you? I was like, in my head, Uh she's going to be a Disney girl. And then last but not least, favorite animal and why? Ooh, uh, I am a dog person. I have a dog. I really think dogs are a gift to humans. And, you know, God, dog is God spelled backwards. So there you go. (laughs) Absolutely love that. So, okay, diving into the good stuff now. I just wanted to have a little bit of an icebreaker, you know, get the high vibes rolling. So, Gloria, tell us a bit about yourself. I'd love it if you could give our listeners a bit of an introduction into you, what it is you do, and anything you think that they should know. Awesome. So I'm Gloria and um, I am a U.S. diplomat turned PR expert. And so a lot of people are like, what, like, what is that career shift? Right. So if anyone who is listening is thinking about making a big, big change in their life, this episode is for you. Um, I came into PR with zero experience to this day. I have never worked at a PR agency. I knew I really wanted to work in PR. And so when I left the government, my really comfortable cushy job gave up my pension. I probably applied to over a thousand jobs at various places for PR, but I got rejected probably more than a thousand times because they all wanted very specific PR agency experience. So so I kind of had like a midlife crisis at age 30 where I gave up this really prestigious career with, you know, um, all the, you know, had a, I had a housekeeper, I had a condo, I had, I had a diplomatic immunity, I had a security clearance, moved back home, got back on unemployment and started my career from there. And um, all the way, you know, fast forward to now, just hacking my own PR, literally cold calling, like 
putting in on Google New York Times newsroom and cold calling thousands of newsrooms and editors uh, without any intros and getting the smallest, tiniest little businesses onto like New York Times, Fast Company, Vogue, you name it. And now I basically teach what I've learned from all the years of hacking it and doing it my own on my own. Yes, I absolutely love that. And I resonate so much with your sort of journey as well, leaving, you know, that sort of high profile position to follow something of your own. You know, it's been very much the same for me, um, except probably not to the same degree of profile. <laughs> I was very new to my industry in architecture, but I still made the sort of switch. So I know there are a lot of people who do go through this sort of thing as well and, and find it quite challenging to be able to make that switch and, and follow their gut and, and make that sort of a decision. So how did you find the courage to sort of like follow your intuition or, or the, the tug that was being put on your heart to make this massive change in your career? Well, I, I think a lot of us, as we get older, we have to unlearn the things that we learned in childhood and we have to realize like what is fully aligned with me. And I realized I was deeply unhappy, even though on the outside, I had a picture perfect job. I felt really super suffocated because I'm really an entrepreneur and, and a creator at heart. Uh, but it was so crazy for people to just let go of all these benefits. So I had a moment of reckoning where I was looking at my life and I was looking at my, my bosses and I was like, do I really want to be there 20 years from now? And I looked at the money I had saved up. I looked at the fact that I didn't have any kids and it was now or never. And so even though I didn't have a job lined up, um, I realized that like time is the most precious thing. It's more precious than my ego. Oh, there's New York City. There's someone honking. Uh, it's more precious than my ego. It's more precious than, uh, you know, the story that I tell other people. And so I just had to make a decision to leave the diplomatic service. And when I did that, it, you know, it, it was so many years of just figuring out what is it that I wanted to do. You know, ugly cries, lots of rejections, more rejections. But now I can confidently say that failure and rejections are what built my business because I think small businesses really like my approach because they know I'm one of them. They know that I don't come from the cool kids club. I don't have a single journalist contact on my phone. And so my whole thing is, look, if I can do it, so can you. And we'll definitely talk in the episode about exactly what that pitching framework looks like, because I'm all about making it super accessible for anyone to be more seen, heard, and valued. Mm, I love that. I love that. And I, I really love how you brought up the whole, um, thing of having to deal with rejection, right? Like you can't expect to um, change career paths, you know, follow this new dream and that everything's just going to go smooth sailing and you're just going to hear yes, 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 yes from everyone you connected. So tell me, how did you really go about dealing with this rejection and, and building that resilience to be able to pick yourself back up and keep on moving forward despite being told no? You know, I think everything is, is a muscle, right? You... I, I really encourage anyone that's listening is I feel like the way, you know, if you consider what I do impactful and successful, then I would say the thing that you should do early on is get a lot of rejections. So you know how somebody, somebody says you should shock your body and take cold showers, start with five seconds a day. So put yourself in, in situations where it's not like you're going to face utter humiliation, but just a little bit of, of uncomfortability. Maybe it's going to a networking event where you don't know anybody, you know, maybe it's, um, getting in touch with someone on LinkedIn and, and just like direct messaging them. And they're probably going to be like, who the heck are you? So doing little bits of uncomfortable things to build up your muscle, because that's going to allow you to be able to seize the must much bigger opportunities later on. Right. Any successful entrepreneur that I've worked with, um, they all have that in common, like through and through is, is a rejection. So, so get, get that done with early and then realize like it's, it's just ego. Right. So at one point when I, 
gave up my diplomatic passport and moved back home and I got back on unemployment, it was not hurtful because I was, I was going to my friend's weddings and, you know, I, you know, everybody was like, what do you do? What do you do? And, you know, this person's a cardiologist who went to Harvard med school, this person's someone. And I literally, at one point they asked me what I did. And I looked up from my phone. I say, Oh, I'm a full-time dog mom. And everyone was just like shocked and laughing. And I started laughing. And then I realized like, I really came far in my personal growth because it didn't really matter to me anymore. And I was able to just laugh at myself. So it so just from like the actual, like small little milestones for me. Um, once I was able to be able to just be authentic with my story and being like, Hey, I'm figuring it out. That allowed me to take other opportunities. And so I started to do tiny little um, jobs here and there. I was, you know, doing social media for a bit. And then at one point I even applied to be an executive assistant, which honestly is, is so funny because the lady called me and she looked at my resume and she's like, is this a Gloria who was a U.S. diplomat who graduated from an Ivy league school, got her master's. And I was like, yeah. And she's like, why the hell do you want to be an executive assistant? I'm like, hey, I'm just trying to find a job, right? So that was like another milestone for me where I realized I've evolved to the point where I was able to do, I was willing to do anything, right, on, on my journey. And then that, and then when I actually started to do PR for like tiny little startups, I was so fearless and just being like, let's give it a try. That, that was the energy that I needed to be able to say, yes, I'm going to do it, even though I had no experience. And so I kind of just, from years of hacking it on my own, literally by cold calling, um, that's how I built my business. I, I always say to people, rejection is what built my business. And people find me every single day because they really resonate with that story. Yes. Amazing. And so powerful. Thank you for sharing all of that. And I think you know, coming back to that topic of rejection as well, we really need to shift our mindsets to start to look at rejection as something to really expect. Because uh, at the end of the day, everyone's not going to be in alignment with you and what it is you're offering. So instead of looking at rejection as a loss, look at it as well. Every single rejection I receive is moving me one step closer to receiving that yes, that is truly in alignment with me. And I mean, you know, even if, if you are being rejected time and time again, look at these experiences and be like, well, okay, what can I learn from this? How can I improve myself and grow myself so that the next time I go and pitch myself somewhere or reach out to someone about my business opportunity, then, you know, I can, I can be growing from every single um, you know, person that you're facing. So I know that you did touch on this already briefly in what you just shared there, but I find that a lot of people... Um, who have these desires to go follow different career paths and start something for themselves, know they want to do something, but don't necessarily know what it is they want to do. So would you mind sharing a bit of insights into how exactly you aligned yourself with this niche and this industry that you were working in? You know, I wish I could say you wake up in the morning and you know, right? But I think life is a journey. It's not a destination. So as I was going through my different jobs and gigs, um, you learn what you like and what you don't like. So from government, I realized that even though it was intellectually stimulating for me, I did not like bureaucracy and I did not like hierarchy. And, you know, before that I was a documentary producer and I love being able to work with a film crew and travel and, and understand people's stories, but I did not like the fact that that was kind of an unstable career. Right. And, and so I think the only way you can try to find what you like is by having lot of different experiences. I've probably had 30 jobs in my life. I've never stayed in the job longer than three years, you know, um, probably now I feel like only now at age, you know, mid thirties, I'm, I'm at a point where I feel like I'm finally aligned with my personality and what I do. You know, it, it's not so much about the business. It's about using my unique personality traits, which is cold calling, which is empowering other people, which is, you know, being the extrovert that I am 
and channel it into helping an audience that I want to serve, which is a, a, a small business uh, crowd. Now, I didn't start off with that. I started off doing PR the regular way where I was pitching for people. I was working with startups and only recently because of COVID kind of became an accidental entrepreneur because not only did COVID wipe out my entire consulting pipeline, I was able to pivot and adapt and I created a digital product, which is the first like PR in a box. And it took off in ways I never thought. And so you just have to try different things. I, I would never be where I am now if I just didn't constantly adapt and evolve and listen to my audience. Mm, I absolutely love that. And speaking of your audience, I love the content that you're putting out there on social media, providing, you know, daily PR tips. I think it's so, so useful. And I'm definitely going to be linking your socials into the show notes so everyone can jump on over there and check that out. Um, But for our listeners who may be unfamiliar with what exactly PR is, would you mind giving them some insights into um, an explanation into what is exactly involved in PR? Right. So we know that in business, right? If you want to be in business, which is want to make a sale, you need two things. You need traffic. So you need people like with eyeballs looking at your stuff, but you also need credibility. You need to be able to tell that person that you are the subject matter expert because you are in a saturated marketplace, right? So there's, I read somewhere that it takes someone 25 touch points between when they first encounter your name to when they actually buy from you. Now think of PR as reducing those 25 touch points to maybe two touch points, especially if you're in coaching, especially if you're in something that really needs a lot of that legitimacy, right? People aren't going to buy because of your ads. So when I think about PR versus marketing, there's an analogy I love to give, which is imagine a man and a woman are on a date, right? The man is telling the woman across from him that he's a great guy. He went to a great school. He has a great family, blah, blah, blah. That's marketing, right? He's saying all the right things. Now imagine the woman goes home and her most trusted childhood friend calls her up and says, you know, that guy you're on a day with tonight, he is such a keeper. I see him volunteering at the children's cancer hospital. He is such a gem. You really, really need to play your cards right. So that is the power of PR. That is such a good explanation that you just gave there. I absolutely love that. And I really love how you touched on the importance of building credibility right? And, and building that rapport and, and, and that trust as well with the audience. And I think it's so interesting how you mentioned that there's um, sort of 25 touch points usually there takes before someone is going to dive in and invest in you or, or, or come on board um, your business opportunity and all of that. So um, would you mind sharing some insights into, you know, because you did mention how using PR, you can really reduce these touch points from 25 down to two. Can you elaborate more on this and share some insights into, you know, things we can start considering to actually make this sort of happen for ourselves? Yeah. I mean, I I think there's, there's the mindset shift and then there's also like the actionable things, right? So in order to build authority and be invited to speak and be on podcasts, um, there is a pitching framework that I came up from years of cold calling. So remember when I said rejections built my business, rejections are what has allowed me to pick up on the cues of when the pitch would be responded to and when it would get rejected. So that's my CPR framework. We can talk about that later. Now on the mindset version is, you know, it's not so much about your product, right? I don't care if you make a fidget spinner or if you are a psychologist, we know that people don't buy from you just because of your product, right? They buy because of your mission, because of your values, especially now, right? Everyone is needing to take a stand where they are with um, diversity and inclusion. Where do they stand on sustainability? So consumers now are demanding for like, actual CEOs to step out 
you know, behind the curtain and really be a thought leader. So that is the reason why PR is so important. It allows you to position yourself, not as someone that's selling something, but as someone that has insight and expertise. And here's another thing too, is when like the act of pitching yourself and being interviewed, that tells the audience that you're so undoubtedly confident of the impact and the service that you have that you're not afraid to pitch and put it out there. So that is the energy that I want to buy from somebody, right? Because it shows that you're unapologetic about it, period. So I always say, if there's one skill that you need to master to have longevity in your business, to outcompete your, you know, um, your peers is you need to learn how to be invited to the table. You need to learn how to be a true thought leader and not just someone who is giving a sales pitch. Mm, honestly, these are absolute gold nuggets that you're sharing. I am loving and like taking notes like crazy so I can just like feed off all of this stuff that you're giving me. So what I'm hearing is that, you know, right here, right now, this time of age that we're in at the moment, it's really about how strong your purpose is over the product at the end of the day. Like you want to be making sure that your purpose and your mission, like you have confidence in it and you have full belief in it because that's going to then translate across to um, the people who are receiving it. And that's what's going to, you know, make them want to dive in rather than all the fancy little bells and whistles um, that come along with the product. Is that correct? Yeah. I mean, when you get interviewed by a journalist and I mean like a legitimate journalist, I don't mean someone, you, an influencer that you give like free merchandise to, you know, journalists have to believe that you are a subject area expert. So journalists at the New York times, they're not going to be um, just interviewing anyone, right? They want to know that a, you have a point of view, maybe you have some data, maybe you have some experience and look, you don't have to be launched, right? It's not about whether or not your product is in pre-order or not. It's about you as a person. And so when you pitch to them, they don't want your marketing speak because they don't want to be your vehicle for a free advertising. So how do you translate your marketing and sales pitch into one that is truly relevant and newsworthy? I think that is the mental gymnastics that founders really have a problem with because they're so used to doing the marketing speak, their ROI, their product spec, but that is inherently and fundamentally not something that a journalist cares about. And that is why the CPR pitching method works because it translates your sales pitch into something that audiences feel like, wow, they can really get value from. Mm, amazing. And you just sharing that right now really um, reminded me of this concept that I learned at the start of sort of my business journey. Um, but when you said, you know, you want to become an expert in your field so you can really stand out, it reminded me of this. I don't know if you've heard of this before, but the red ocean and blue ocean. And yes, the, yes. Yeah, yes. So the, with the red ocean, from my memory, correct me if I'm wrong, the red ocean is sort of like the oversaturated um, market that there is. And what you want to do is pull yourself out of that and create your own blue ocean where um, there's no competition, essentially, because that is your pool that you have created. So is there anything you want to like feed off of that, that you might think would be beneficial for our listeners to hear? I mean, I, I think that, you know, yes, you're there's everything is a remix. Everything you do is probably have been done in one way or another. So in order to be able to stand out, you need that PR, you need that earned media. When, we all know that when I like when you're reading something and it says advertising content, even if it looks like an interview, you're just not going to read it right? You just, you don't want to see that. You want to know authentically what is their point of view. So for example, on podcasts, that is a great way to authentically connect with your audience. If you're interviewed, if you're in sustainability or if you're in, e in, you're in e-commerce and you're interviewed in like a Vogue or a Pop Sugar or something, that's going to give credibility and, and, and insight to who you are as a person. So um, 
that's one thing. Another thing is that ads are not searchable. So anytime, like I'm sure you've done this and you'd probably Google me before I got on, right? What is the first thing that we do when we work with someone or buy something? We Google it. Ads are not searchable, but press organic earned media is searchable and it can live on the internet for decades. So knowing how to get on there, that is like the holy grail. And that is why PR agencies, honestly, they, they get away with charging 10, $20,000 a month because people just are either afraid to pitch or they have no idea how to pitch. I've made it my entire mission to demystify it so that even the smallest uh, business owner feel like they're empowered enough to be able to have, have, um, have a shot, you know, with the industry, industry heavyweights. And so that is where my CPR method comes in. Laura, can I just say, I'm obsessed with you. Like I am just loving listening to you right now. Honestly, you clearly are um, practicing what you're preaching because just speaking to you today, I can see how much of an expert you are in your industry. And I think that is so incredible. So well done for, you know, what you've been able to create for yourself. And you sort of just already touched on what I was going to ask you next. Um, when you mentioned that podcast is a great way of building that credibility. So, you know, for, for other business owners who are maybe at the early stages of their business and can't really afford to invest a lot of money into building that credibility and authority. We've got podcasts as one means of, you know, doing this. Is, is there anything else that you think is um, a really effective way of building this? I think also speaking, right? So we know that like people love events now more than ever. Speaking, getting, getting uh, even if it's virtual, being on the same uh, virtual panel as an industry insider, that puts you in the same position. So if you ever thought, about like, wow, this person is way out of reach. Try to see if you can get on a get on a same summit or panel with them. Because then you're able to just be like, hey, I love speaking alongside you at this event. Like, are you are you ready to chat? Right. It's all about positioning. I think in life you have sales and you have positioning. And the higher you can position yourself by sharing your expertise, by getting onto podcasts, by getting onto panels and, and pitching yourself, the less selling you have to do. Because it means that people have already um, vetted you and it's almost like they wanna buy from you before, they, before you have to sell to them. And how great is that, right? Mm-hmm. Building like that sort of raving fan base rather than trying to sell to people, like they want to come to you because you've already provided them with so much value. Yeah, 100%. So tell me, you've been mentioning the CPR framework quite a bit over. Can you give us some more insights into exactly what this is and how it all works? Sure. So for whoever is listening, come back to us because this is kind of the most important thing. So from all the years of cold calling, remember, I never worked at an agency. And to this day, I still don't really have reporter friends that I can just be like, hey, do me a favor, right? Literally cold calling. I started to pick up on what were the elements that made a pitch responded to? What were the times when the editor actually responded to me and I was able to compare like hundreds of emails? And I picked up this pattern is that when your pitch has these three things, it's called the CPR, it usually gets responded to. So C stands for credibility. This is where a lot of founders go overboard. I do not want you to put in, in like way more than one sentence in the credibility. So it's very simple. Like I am a female founder that has helped 300, I don't know, solo entrepreneur moms, whatever, right? That's it. I don't want your autobiography. I don't want your like childhood story, just one sentence. Now the P in CPR stands for point of view. So how I like to write my pitch is, is the point of view is usually three bullet points. So if you are in coaching, the three bullet points might be something specific about the way that you coach, right? If you're in mental health, it could be about three different ways the pandemic has shaped our relationships with our partners, whatever it is. I want your point of view because experts have point of view, 
right? So, so figure out what that point of view is. It, it could be um, a very simple survey that you run, you know, with your audience. One time I had a career coach work with me and we suggested that he survey 2008 graduates and 2020 graduates. Both of them face a really tough climate and he cross compared their attitudes um, about how much they thought their college degree was worth and how optimistic they were. He took that data and he was able to get conversations going with New York Times, Fast Company, Forbes and Inc. He ended up getting on Forbes Entrepreneur and Inc. magazine. So that's, that's one way to do it. And then the P, the R stands for relevance. This is the most important part of the CPR framework because the relevance tells the editor or the podcast host, this is something that you need to cover right now. And it's not a recycled pitch from five years ago. So think about why it's relevant right now. How have, how have the way that we live changed? I don't care what industry you're in, everything that we do has been changed. So, you know, if you are in, um, you know, something that's heavily regulated, like like therapy or in, in a fintech or financial consulting, it might be about a new piece of law, right? Like what are the new laws that are passed? What are the small business zones? If you are in retail or e-commerce, it could be about holiday shopping trends or Mother's Day gifts, right? If you are in career coaching, it could be something about graduation day and what are the three most sought after skills that employers are looking for right now. That is so powerful. I literally just wrote down those key points so I can read them back to um, our listeners in case they missed them. So C is credibility. So it's an I am statement, just a one-liner about, you know, who you are and what it is you do. Uh, yep. P is your point of view, three, three bullet points uh, providing your point of view because you're an expert at the end of the day and experts have their own points of views. And then the third point was relevance, which is the most important point um, sharing why it is they need you now, not five years ago. Now, what is the relevance of you and what you're offering today? Exactly. So if you're in fashion and sustainability, it might be something about diversity and inclusion and what brands are getting right. If you are in clean beauty, it might be about what are the trending uh, ingredients for last year that they found that are really not so clean anymore, right? So those are kind of the ways that you can start to think about your pitch. Obviously, this is something that takes practice. The more you practice, the better you get at it, but you have to start now. And I'll tell you something, I've never had anyone complain and say, oh, you know, like getting onto the podcast or getting interviewed by Fast Company, what a drag. Like this is a skill that's going to help you save hundreds of thousands of dollars in ads. It's going to help you be able to get in front of those people who would never give you the time of day. And so you owe it to yourself to really master this skill, because let's be honest, we all want to be invited to as many tables as possible. Mm -hmm. This is genuinely like business shaping advice that you're giving. So thank you so much for sharing all of this with our listeners and guys. Like, make sure you go and follow Gloria. Like, this podcast isn't over yet, but make sure you check out the show notes and you do give her a follow because there's so much more value to be gained from there. So I kind of want to, like, shake things up a little bit now and talk more about the mindset side of business and, and your experience with that. So you've mentioned me to me before that there are, you know, different mindset shifts that sort of every entrepreneur needs to make in order to, grow their business and grow their visibility. So would you mind diving into some of these and sharing some insights into that with us all now? Yeah, I mean, the, the, the thing that I hear the most from the most visionary founders is, I'm just not ready yet for PR, right? And that is like so far from the truth because as you know, the formula for success is always, always to start before you're ready. It's what I've been able to do to grow my business. And um, you, you just need to start. So you need to do it scared always. If you feel like you're ready, it's already too late. Why? 
because there are people out there who are going and modifying and taking feedback and tweaking it and getting better and better. I mean, if you look at my website, it's on iteration 50. If you look at my sales page, I've already worked with like five copywriters. I'm always constantly tweaking my messaging. And from every podcast, I'm able to learn which anecdotes to give, right? A lot of people are like, Gloria, you're so great on this webinar. And I was like, you should have seen my first one. I was a hot mess. Right. So you have to practice. So do it scared because there are people out there who are watching and who can be inspired from you by having the courage to do it and maybe having a little bit of mess ups. And that makes you more human. Honestly, like in the beginning of this year on January 1st, I wrote a happy new year newsletter to my entire email list. That's thousands of people. And I had a typo on the first word. And, and you know what, like, I think three people noticed it, but I was like, you know what, it's not even a big deal because I got to a point in my business where I just want to get things done, not perfect. And so, so getting to that point where I was able to just press send anyways, and not keep waiting has really allowed me to like really capture my audience and build that momentum. So I actually say to every one of my PR starter pack members is, is like, I want you to get five rejections because if you haven't even gotten five rejections from the reporter, you're not even close to being at the level where you can rival these other companies who are paying these fancy PR agencies. The only way as a small business you are going to punch above your weight is if you bring that energy, that inspiration, and that confidence. And that starts with getting at least five rejections. Because a lot of people, let's be honest, they are like waiting to send, they're tweaking each sentence, and then they put it off, and then they never send it. So just, just know that while you're waiting on your spell checking and everything, there's other people who are pitching. So you just got to do it and you got to do it scared. Yeah. I could not agree with you more strongly on that point as well. Starting before you're ready. I mean, like for me personally, when I started my podcast, I was still studying my architecture degree. Like I wasn't even like, I was at the beginning of my personal development journey. I had no idea that I was going to eventually become a coach. And that's the thing you don't need to have qualifications necessarily to just start taking the action on the things that you feel drawn to doing, you know? And if I hadn't started my podcast a year ago when I did, then I wouldn't be here now doing this completely different line of work. I mean, talking to you and you just have to dive in. You have to push past those limiting beliefs that you have, really, really become clear on them, what they are, why they are there, and then start to rewrite them. So then you can actually start taking that action and building that confidence within yourself to realize that you are so capable of doing these things that you really want to be doing. So I think that's so amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that with us today, Gloria. Now I have two more things that I want to ask you before we wrap up this podcast. First and foremost, like I am honestly in awe of you and the level of like professionalism and composure that you have. And so what I really want to ask you is because I'm still very, you know, at the beginning of my own business and at the beginning of working with a team of my own and all of that. How have you gone about like developing the skills to really like manage your business and your team in such a, what looks like a composed way, right? Like how have you stayed organized and been able to adapt and continue to um, grow yourself as your business has continued to grow as well? Oh my God. You should ask Emmy. It's really not all it, it's, it was a very, it was a hot mess. When you listen, when you first start, you're doing all the things, right? I remember building my business during COVID and I had no idea what an email marketing funnel is, right? Because before that I've only traded my time for money. And so I had no idea how to even set up an email service provider. And so I had to learn like every single thing, the jargon, I was watching YouTube videos. I was grinding my teeth. And so that's kind of the hero's journey where in the beginning, 
your time is a little bit cheaper because you're trying to do it on your own. So I had to do those all nighters. I had to do those like all sorts of stressed out moments where my boyfriend was really mad at me because I literally was a zombie and I, and I, and I wouldn't even have dinner with him. Like while I was at dinner with him, I was watching a YouTube video on how to set up your email response. Like I was that awful person, right? So in the beginning, that is probably what you're doing. But then as you scale and as you find people, you start to realize like, you need to optimize your time and you need to start delegating. So if it might be delegating your time, it might be delegating money. And so for me, it was like finding someone like Emmy, who's been so pivotal to my business, someone who understands me and then treating them right and under and giving them the resources so that they can do their best work. Right now, I'm still learning every single day how to be a good manager, because this is not a skill that they teach you in school. Right? How do you keep people motivated? Because not everyone's motivated by money. Right. So what, what's your leadership style? How do you onboard them? How do you set them up for success? I'm still learning that now. I would say only up until a month ago, I didn't really have the systems in my business to truly track workflows. And it was kind of like, like a mess everywhere. Like I was still like doing various tasks at midnight. I'd wake up at 3 a.m. being like, oh my God, I forgot to do this. I mean, now we have like ClickUp, Asana, you know, we, we use like Airtable, we have these workflows, um, but I'm a big ideas person. So I'm not a process oriented person. So recognizing your weak spots. So for me, it's process and systems and really like doubling down on that is really important. Right. So that's that's doing the things that I don't want to do, which is like setting up the processes and putting up the tap like like bore. Like, I don't want to do that, but I know I need to do that. So that's another thing. And, and also realizing that you're going to have people who are not aligned with you. You're going to have clients who want to take advantage of you and um, having those little, um, you know, arguments or, you know, kind of like those not pleasant moments that allows you to perfect your, your refund policy, your disclaimer and all of those things. Right. So I just had to learn by doing and drawing boundaries with myself. And I had to fire a client because, you know, they were not respectful of my time. So all of these things you learn by doing, I wish I, I could have said, you know, I had everything in place, all of my legal stuff, all like, no, I learned from getting burned multiple times, right? How do, how do I write a contract? It's because I got burned from another client and I didn't have a clause. So my time was just being spent with no limits. So those are all the things that you learn. And, um, and, and, you know, if you don't get it right, that's okay. Because for me, I see every growing pain as a sign from the universe that I am truly leveling up in my business. So I just got rid of my ads team and my business manager, and I hired someone new because I realized that the team that takes you to your first hundred K is not going to be the team that takes you to your, your 500 K. And that's, that's a sign to me from the universe. It's like, wow, we're leveling up. So it wasn't pleasant, you know, to go through that hiring and firing. But to me, at the end of the day, I feel like that is a sign that I'm truly getting to the next level. Mm, there's two particular things I want to point out that you said there that I really, really um, am going to be taking on board myself. And I hope everyone else takes on board themselves is, first of all, knowing how to motivate your team. And when you said this, you specifically said um, the word leadership, right? And so obviously, as your business is growing, you need to make sure that you are growing yourself as a leader, because as you mentioned, money isn't necessarily going to always be a motivator for everyone, right? So make sure that you can step up, you are developing yourself so that you're able to support and serve your team at the same time as they are supporting and serving you. And then the other thing was um, the power of investing back into your business. Now, this is something that I've always believed in. Literally, since my business started to make money, I'm like going straight back in the business. You know, all those fancy material objects, they can wait because in order to grow, you need to be reinvesting back into yourself and into your business. So I love that you highlighted there 
the importance of being able to know when to start delegating different tasks, you know, releasing some of the loads of whether it be something that you personally don't enjoy or maybe you simply don't understand, like knowing when to delegate different tasks to different people and make those sorts of investments. Because I feel like so often people can be scared to invest in their businesses or invest in themselves. But at the end of the day, that is the most powerful investment that you can make within your business and within your growth journey. So I am so glad that you brought that up. Now, yeah, I mean, I, I grew up from an immigrant family, so that scarcity mindset is ingrained in my bones. So I, for me, I had to learn the hard way of not wanting to spend money and then learning that I made a lot of mistakes and that my inability to let go of control has actually, has actually like um, hindered my growth. And so that was from like hiring the wrong ads team because I wanted to save some money. And then, you know, like not investing in a coach earlier. And I just, I just made the big single biggest investment in my life, 12 month commitment. And by the way, I'm a commitment phobe. That's why I do not do coaching. I made a 12 month commitment. Um, and I invite and, and, you know, invested in a mastermind coach. And I have to say it's the best money I've ever spent because, you know, again, you need to learn from people who have been there before. And so I cannot just do it on my own. And that insight, that network is, has already helped me so much. And it's only been month two in my mastermind and I've already grown my business in so many ways. Honestly, like literally me, I made the exact same decision. Um, when was it? It was yesterday morning. It was yesterday morning that I invested in um, my, a mastermind as well. So I literally just so excited. Biggest investment of my life also. Yeah. I thought the last investment I made was the biggest investment, but this is now the biggest investment. Um, also to a 12-year mastermind. And it is, it's about getting that proximity to other successful people, having those connections and learning from people who are, you know, a couple of, or, or many, many steps ahead of you, right? Like that's how we continue to learn and grow. So- 100%. There's one final thing I want to ask you, and then we're going to wrap up this podcast. I could honestly talk to you all day, so I have to cut myself off. Um, but, you know, this is the Empower With Them podcast. So what is one final piece of it, um, empowering advice that you would love to leave our listeners with today? One thing is that, okay, so so I, I recently, um, so on my Facebook group, uh, Small Biz PR Pros, I have about 900 people from all around the world and they've either bought my product or have watched my masterclass. And I'll never forget this one 21 year old guy from Egypt. He basically told me, he's a Gloria, when I was using your methods and I needed the confidence to pitch because he was like a tech guy and he wanted to be in like a, a tech magazine. And not only did he not come from the US or English speaking country, he was only 21. And he said, the, the reason why I got myself confident enough to press send on that email, even though I'm a nobody, is that I imagine this. So imagine your industry as a puzzle piece, right? So there is many different pieces. Obviously, the, the bigger companies or the experts, they take up, you know, a bigger piece of the puzzle. But imagine you have a tiny little piece, and unless you actually put it on the board, that industry puzzle is going to be incomplete. So you owe it to yourself to put your piece on the puzzle to complete the picture. And that always stuck with me. So next time you think about how you're such a small fish, or maybe you're too young, or you don't come from a you know country that's English first, think about, his name is Mohammed. think about that analogy and if he could do it, you can too. And he actually ended up getting onto a podcast and he actually got featured on a tech magazine. And, and again, he's from Egypt, he's 21 years old and English is not his first language. Honestly, that is incredible. Thank you so much for sharing that story with us today. And you did mention that you have a, a Facebook community as well. So in saying that, Gloria, where can all of our listeners go and find you after this podcast? 
So I'm all about giving value first. I really, I really think that the reason why I came into business is to empower the smallest business people to make them feel like they deserve to be on those stages, right? So I have a Facebook group where I go live every Friday with a different founder. Two weeks ago, I went live with someone who makes like lip glosses. She has, I think, 100 followers on Instagram. And she used my CPR method and she got onto the front page of Cosmopolitan. So that's 34 million views, right? So every Friday I'm, do, I'm doing my lives there. It's free by the way. And um, some people tell me that I give more value in there than like a paid membership. So that's, you can join right now at getfeaturednow.com. I also do my live masterclasses where everything we talked about today, I go into more detail and I actually show you the actual pitch that I wrote with the CPR method that got featured onto Fast Company. So you can sign up for that. The next one is in just a few weeks. It's at gloriachowpr.com slash masterclass. And if you go onto my website, gloriachowpr.com, I have a free podcast pitching template, the same exact template that's gone me onto 30 plus podcasts. I think usually people would charge like $150 for it. There's a video walkthrough, there's a roadmap. I am giving it to you completely 100% free. And you can download that now on gloriachowpr.com. That's C-H-O-U. Amazing. And I'm going to pop all those links into the show notes as well. So it'll be really, really easy for everyone to access that. Gloria, honestly, you are so inspiring. I absolutely look up to you and idolize you now. Like this has been such an amazing conversation. Thank you so much for your time today, for coming on my show and for sharing so much insights, you know, and value to help us all grow in our own ways, whether it be as an entrepreneur or just grow ourselves in some way. So thank you for joining me today. Thank you so much. And find me on Instagram. And if you have a dog, send me a photo of your dog. And that way I know that you found me on this podcast. I'm at Gloria Chow PR on Instagram. So that's a wrap on today's episode. If you enjoyed this podcast or know somebody who needs to hear this, then send this to them and share it to your stories, tagging me at empower.with.m.podcast. If you want more from the podcast, make sure you jump on over to the Empower community on Facebook. I have popped the link in the show notes of this episode, so I can't wait for you to join me there. But that's all for me for now, fam. It's time I love you and leave you. So until we hang again, remember you can break through any limiting mindset, any limiting belief, and you can rise above any challenge and step up and truly be empowered.